Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the program for October 28, 2022, which we count in the Hebrew calendar as the third of the month of Cheshvan, 5783. I am Walter Bingham, and this program is dedicated to the memory of my father, Salman Kassiel ben Zehev Sichon Livracha, who was forcefully deported from Germany to Poland 84 years ago today. The Nazis were asking for me, but fortunately, Baruch Hashem, I was not at home, or I too would have been included in that transport. Now we are approaching the 84th anniversary of Kristallnacht, the night of the broken glass, 9th to the 10th of November, which I experienced. I'm available to give a 90-minute illustrated presentation on the development of Nazism in the framework of my life there. You can contact me at walter.israelnationalradio at gmail.com. Now to other matters. The celebrated economist Milton Friedman said, Real change happens in moments of crisis. Let us hope that he was right and Benjamin Netanyahu will become Prime Minister on November 1st. I've already explained a number of times why I support Likud for this election and for the very first time. We must ensure to establish a right-wing government and turnout is the key to success. Please go out and vote. If you don't, you will have no right to complain if things don't go the way you like. I politely suggest that also to the Republican voters in the U.S. Have you heard the new buzzword? It's globalist. Sounds innocent enough, doesn't it? Because normally it would denote a person who believes in a global economy or global cooperation, etc. But just like the English meaning of gay has been appropriated by the LTGB people to describe their sexual preferences, so globalist has been taken over by the anti-Semites. It is their code word for Jew to avoid being prosecuted for overt anti-Semitic statements. The idea behind it is that Jews and their money control everything that is happening globally, from COVID and the vaccines to the war in Ukraine, to the worldwide economic crisis, which they started in order to make money. The globalists are also allegedly behind the Russian-Iranian detente. In fact, all conflicts, all alliances, are staged by those globalists for the sole reason of financial gain. So the next time you hear that word, don't be fooled by it. Ukrainian President Zelensky, though of Jewish descent, seems to align with the globalists' idea of blaming Israel's refusal to provide military aid to his country for the current military alliance between Russia and Iran. And he does not seem to understand that Israeli and Russian fighter planes share the same Syrian airspace and that there is a very delicate diplomatic balance between Israel and Russia that, if upset, might lead to conflict. 
The hounding of Itamar Ben-Gvir, leader of the Otsma Yehudit party and number two on the list of Bezalel Smotrich's religious Zionism party, is increasing. In his early years, Ben-Gvir was supporter of Rabbi Kahana, far-right-wing activist who was barred from the Knesset. Today, Ben-Gvir says he has mellowed and no longer subscribes to Kahana's radical views. Yet, many of the world leaders have expressed concern that if elected, Netanyahu would reward Ben-Gvir's support with a ministerial post. They believe that would damage Israel's relations with the US, the EU and other countries. It is reported that the Foreign Minister of the United Arab Emirates, Sheikh Abdullah bin Zayed, warned Netanyahu, warned him against including Ben-Gvir in his government after November the first elections. We are not telling his country how to deal with Muslim extremists. United States Senator Menendez, who chairs the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations, reportedly warned Benjamin Netanyahu also last month that the inclusion of a far-right lawmaker in the future government would harm ties between their countries. Brad Sherman, a long-time pro-Israel stalwart in the Democratic Party, took to Twitter to publicly warn Israeli lawmakers against further legitimizing Ben-Gvir. And there are not the only troublemakers. Another of our ex-chief of staff, Dan Chalutz, is poking his nose into the next right-wing government's choices. With his military mind, this scaremonger even warns of a civil war as soon as Ben-Gvir tries to realize any of what Chalutz calls Ben-Gvir's horrible ideas. Ben-Gvir is now 46 years old, but Chalutz tries to dig up the useful errors of Ben-Gvir that happened almost 30 years ago. I bet he too has some skeletons in the cupboard, things from his youth that he would rather forget. Once again, I am appalled at the constant interference by foreign states and even diaspora jury in the internal affairs of our country. We do indeed have to consider our relationship with the US, but that does not include our choice of ministers. Now a word about Benny Gantz, former Chief of Staff and the current Minister of Defence in Prime Minister Yair Lapid's left-wing government. There are concerns that if Netanyahu wins the election, he might invite Gantz into his government. In describing this danger, I can do no better than to refer to the warning issued by the well-respected sovereignty movement led by Nadia Matar and Yehudit Katsover. The movement expresses concern about what its members characterize as a right-wing mask behind which Benny Gantz conceals his political philosophy, which in practice promotes the establishment of a Palestinian state in Judea and Samaria, and I quote, These steps include the indifference with which the Defense Ministry treats the Palestinian authorities' creeping and systematic annexation of Area C, the halting of construction and development of Jewish settlements in Judea and Samaria. The steps 
that he GANS promotes in the political arena is to obstruct the sovereignty initiative, the legitimacy granted to the Palestinian Authority leadership in general, and to Abu Mazen in particular, the transfer of hundreds of millions of shekels to the Palestinian Authority, which fund the family of imprisoned terrorists, and more. Netanyahu must refrain from offering Gantz a ministerial post. He would act as a Trojan horse and cannot be trusted. In any case, I've often said that we have too many retired generals in the government. They know how to give orders to soldiers, but to gain the support from the electorate is quite a different matter. This Minister of Defence is gambling the future of the State of Israel, said the sovereignty movement, when it has already been proved that concessions increase terrorism and invite international pressure. In the meantime, like the rest of the government, he is enjoying his official foreign trips, but we seldom find out what they achieve. This criticism does of course not include our president, Isaac Herzog, who is at present on a visit to Biden in Washington. With fanfares and pomp, the government has announced yesterday that they have signed the maritime border agreement with Lebanon, calling it a win for Israel. I'm of course no expert on maritime borders, but I know enough that each coastal state claims a territorial sea that extends seaward 12 nautical miles from its baseline. The coastal state exercises sovereignty over its territorial sea, the airspace above it, and the seabed and subsoil beneath it. Then there are 24 nautical miles contiguous zones and 200 nautical mile exclusive economic zone. Because of our close proximity to Lebanon, some of those borders overlap, and this is the reason for the dispute. As I understand it, Israel has surrendered to the threat of Hezbollah and handed Lebanon a part of our absolute 12 miles territorial waters with all the rights that I mentioned. It was a win for Hezbollah. The vote was taken without the presence of Interior Minister Ayelet Chaket being present. She arrived after the vote was taken and said that she wanted to vote against. To my knowledge, the individual votes were not disclosed. All that is equivalent of giving away part of our land and should never have been agreed to by a caretaker government. In fact, I believe that only a referendum of all our citizens could sanction such a move. This historic agreement, as Yair Lapid calls it, is another example of his treacherous program and points to his policies if he would, God forbid, win the election. We cannot let it happen and in fact the boundary dispute must be renegotiated by Netanyahu if he forms a government. A wind of change is blowing through Israel's ultra-Orthodox community. The integration of the Haredi, the ultra-Orthodox community, into the state institutions, the IDF, 
and the labour market is substantially increasing. All branches of the IDF are open to ultra-Orthodox recruits, including intelligence, to those who meet the criteria. The IDF is providing a package of services to meet the needs of soldiers from this sector. The Israel Innovation Authority and the Ministry of Labor are launching a new initiative to fund 42 million shekel for high-tech training and placement programs for the ultra-Orthodox, the Haredim. The money will come from both the public and private sector. In total, 2,060 men and women will be trained over the next two years in 11 tailored programs in a variety of areas. It is in response to the manpower challenges facing high-tech and the under-representation of the ultra-Orthodox population in industry. A new study by the employment branch that was recently commissioned found the need to accelerate the investment in ultra-Orthodox society, especially among their men, whose integration has noticeably stagnated. While the rate of high-tech employment for ultra-Orthodox women has increased, to 4.7%, the rate of employment for men is unchanged at 2.5%. The aim of this initiative is to create a real change in the Israeli workforce. There is nobody in the Western world who would not condemn the horrific unprovoked attacks on Ukraine by Russian President Putin's forces. Evidence has emerged that even qualifies as war crimes. The NATO countries are providing the Ukrainian military with weapons which they use to great effect. Israel has sent large volumes of humanitarian aid and has even set up a field hospital near the Polish border. Ukrainian wounded soldiers are treated in Israel and Ukrainian refugees have found refuge here in our country. Yet. President Zelensky demands, I repeat, demands military aid from Israel. We could not demand change when the Ukraine voted many times against Israel in the UN and international fora. The British entrepreneur Richard Branson of Virgin fame once said, Only a fool never changes his mind. While Ayelet Chaquette has reportedly changed her mind once, she has still not learned her lesson. She is still canvassing votes for her Jewish home party, knowing full well that all opinion polls agree that she will not reach the threshold of 3.25% of all votes cast. It has also just been announced that the former Knesset member and her supporter, Abir Kara, has abandoned Ayelet. The Jewish Home Party is imploding. If this time she wants a right-wing government, as she claims, then she must withdraw from the race and ask her supporters to vote for Likud. Neither she nor the country can afford votes to be wasted. This could make all the difference to the result of the election. Please, Ayelet, show that you place the country before your ego. And I end with the latest unworkable suggestion by Naftali Bennett. 
He now advocates for a novel unity government comprising the largest left and right-wing parties and Arabs. Can you imagine Lapid, Gans, Smotrich, Netanyahu and Mansour Abbas sitting together around the cabinet table? Even if such a combination would come to pass, it would be the basis for another election considering the principle of collective cabinet responsibility. Of course, that never happens in Israel where everything is being leaked. And finally, I offer a prayer for 23-year-old Eliyahu Dahan, who was injured in a stabbing attack last Saturday and is in a serious condition. May he and all other victims of terrorism be speedily and fully healed. So until the next time when we shall know the fate of our beloved country, this is Walter Bingham wishing you a happy week. And please do not forget your civic duty to look in on your elderly neighbors. Goodbye. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from League City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Torres from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. opinion and more you're listening to israel news talk radio 